Welcome to another edition of the Rivers in the Desert broadcast, and this is also our uh, Wednesday night Bible study for Life Community Church, so we're combining the two here on August 25th. So welcome to everybody who's listening, whether you're a member or a visitor or someone who saw an ad on Facebook, however you are hearing this, welcome. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy, you're probably hearing this in the evening at least. So happy uh, Wednesday evening. I hope the day so far has been uh, good for you, productive, safe, and above all, these days, healthy. So welcome. Welcome to our, our Rivers in the Desert broadcast or our, again, Life Community Church's Wednesday night broadcast. Uh, we're going to get right into the word tonight. And I would like you to turn uh, in your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, the title of our study tonight is Seasons. I'm saying tonight, it may not be nighttime wherever you are listening to this or whenever you're listening to it, but Seasons. We're going to talk a little bit about the seasons of life, seasons in your life, and the seasons that God uh, directs. Life is not static. Change is built into our life. Part of what we fight against in our lives is change. Whether you're a Christian, not a Christian, whatever, there's a tendency for us to try to keep things the same. Uh, there's a term in science called inertia. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Inertia. Inertia is a scientific term principle but, uh, that loosely stated means that an object tends to want to stay in the same state of motion it's in in other words an object that's sitting still wants to sit still it takes force to make it change that an object that's moving wants to keep moving it takes a force to make it stop moving so things and people tend to want to stay the way they are, whatever way that is. And so we have a tendency to fear and fight against change. Uh, let, let's pray. We've already gotten some things rolling, but Lord, we thank you for giving the word by your spirit, speaking what needs to be said at this time in the name of Jesus and blessing the healers and anointing. Amen. Uh, you'll find sometimes that when a person is doing badly, uh, bad relationship, bad job situation, bad uh, substandard home they live in, there's a type, I'm going to call this uh, human inertia, okay? But I know, I'm going to call this behavioral inertia. Hey, I like that. That sounds fancy. That's the idea that even when someone is in a bad situation and you would think they would want to change, there's a certain force and inertia, which means the person has a tendency to want to stay where they are, to not change things. They're afraid of a change, even though the thing they're in is not good. A person may have a home that's not the best and someone can say, hey, you need to start looking for another apartment or maybe see what you can do to get a house. 
And sometimes the person says, no, no, I couldn't do that. See, the, the fear of making an effort to change makes them afraid. They were just complaining the day before how terrible their home is. But when you give them an opportunity to change, they say, ah, I don't know. I'm going to call that behavioral inertia. It's the the person wanting to keep things the same instead of trying and looking for something new, even though what they have is bad. Probably the most common, you know, well-known example of this is in relationships. A person could be in a situation of, you know, dating. Uh, I know every Christian doesn't necessarily believe in that, and I get it, but they're out there doing it. People are doing it. So we, it's a real life thing. So let's talk about it. Um, we, we can't pretend the real life is not real. Okay. So someone is dating Sally or Billy, and it's not a good relationship. For whatever reasons, it's negative. There could be the mild negatives of disagreements and stuff, or the more serious uh, negatives of, you know, unfaithfulness or the extremely serious and even dangerous as far as abuse regardless the person Billy or Sally is in this bad relationship but there's a tendency sometimes that they won't even try to get out of that sometimes even when it's physically dangerous because this I want to call it a behavioral inertia people tend to get comfortable even in what's uncomfortable you hear that? They're comfortable in what's uncomfortable and they're afraid to change. Uh, I've worked in the school system you know, a long time. I know teachers that would complain about being a teacher as far as they wanted more money. And maybe there's an opportunity for them to do something to get more money. Maybe to a, to be a you know department head to get a little bit more money or go to school and be an administrator, whatever. And you might come to them and say, hey, a local school is offering a free class to, to get you into the administration courses. And then you know you could make some more money. And the person who just complained yesterday and who complains every day at lunch about their salary and their conditions, they come up with some excuses of why they won't take the opportunity to do something new. It's behavioral inertia. Well, even though people have that tendency, life and the hand of God does not always agree with our desire to keep things the same. And there will be seasons where change is coming. And if we don't want to be left behind, if we don't want to miss out on succeeding in life, and not just succeeding, but being in the place where we're supposed to be, if we don't want to miss out on that, we have to recognize that there are seasons to things. So we should be in the, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. This is a very oft-quoted passage. It says, To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. Did you hear that? Let's look at that again. To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And then this scripture goes on to give examples. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. And it goes on and on. Verse 4, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, etc. It's telling you that there's, well, let's go back to verse 1. That there's a, to everything there's a season and to every, t and a time to every purpose under the heaven. 
So seasons, of course, longer periods of time. Think of the, the seasons, you know, winter, spring, they're all, you know, multiple months long. But a time, a time is more short. A time could be, you know, it's time for a, a wedding reception that lasts three hours. You know, that's, a, that's not months. That's a shorter period of time. What is it saying? It says, for, it's saying that for every purpose, there's a, a time and season for it to be done. Which means you need to have a sense of when that season is even in your own life. Otherwise, you could do a good thing at the wrong time. Uh, here, let's give an example. Let's say there's a young woman who's 15. And there's a young man she has an interest in. Or he may have an interest in her. However, he's 22 years old. Seven years earlier. At the time when she's 15, for the most part, that's going to be considered inappropriate. She's essentially still a child. He's a grown man. They're seven years apart. And at the time she's 15, that's not good. That's inappropriate, multiple level. But at another season in her life, maybe she's 28. And she connects with a man who's 35. That's also a seven-year difference but at that season in life that would be looked on as a much more appropriate than when she was 15 still seven years difference but the issue is the season of life that she's in at 28 she's in a much different state much more mature much more experienced in just living it's appropriate in that season but it would have been very inappropriate when she was 15. That shows you that the same action can be wrong for you at one time of life and right for you at another type of time of life. So which means flexibility is important as a person because what was not right for you when you were 20 might be just right for you at 30. What did not match your personality at 18 might be just what the doctor ordered at 32 because there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven when we act like things can never change in our lives we're fooling ourselves and we're setting ourselves not to succeed because we change and evolve but again verse 1 for everything there's a season and a I want you to know that you have to act differently in different seasons. I, I'm going to give you a natural example and then I'm going to bring it home to something in our personalities. If it were summer and you lived, now I, I live in Florida and it's hot most of the time. So let me go farther north. Let's say I'm in Virginia and it's the summer, it's the middle of August. That's still the south, it's the upper south, we're still the south. It's going to be hot, of course. And if I was at some coastal town, Virginia Beach or something like that, going to the beach, wearing shorts, all that kind of thing, that would be the behavior for that time. But in that same place, Virginia Beach, if it's February 1st, it's snowing, it's cold. I would need to change my behavior for that season. Not put on shorts, but put on jackets and coats and all of that, right? I'm the same person, live in the same place, but I need to change my behavior for the season I'm in. Let me give you now a natural example. 
let's say at a certain time in your life, you didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Maybe you're a younger adult. You have a job. Your job is really the only commitment you have. You have more time for leisure activities, hanging out with friends, taking trips. And by the way, I encourage you to do that. When you're a younger person, you need to live. You need to have fun. You need to get together with friends. Now, this does not, but this doesn't mean that's a sanctioning wrong behavior, simple behavior. I'm not talking about that, but you need to have fun. You need to explore because what happens when you don't take advantage of your youth or when you get tied up with a lot of responsibilities that you didn't need to have as a young person, it can, it can open a door to resentment when you get older, when you don't have those liberties. And it gives that sense that, oh, I missed out on something. Okay. So you're a young person. You don't have a lot of commitments, don't have kids, don't have a, a husband, wife, whatever. You're in a season where it is, and, and your only real commitment is work. You work and enjoy yourself. Be responsible, of course. Have fun. Be young. Be 21, 22, 23, 24, whatever you are. Be young. But when you are maybe passing a little bit older to another season of your life, that could be a year or two later or 10 years later, maybe you've gotten more focused with some particular goals. And maybe you're even pressured a little bit because you have some responsibilities and all responsibilities aren't bad. Okay. Let's say you have a family and kids. That's a responsibility. That's that narrows your focus, but that's a blessing. It's a blessing to have your kids. It's a blessing to have your, your spouse. Blessings do come with responsibilities. They're not all bad just because they're a responsibility. But here's my point. My point is now in this season, we'll say that first younger season was like the being at the beach season. Okay, but now you're in the put on your, your coat season. What does that mean? You're more focused. You might have decided to take some classes because you want to get a promotion on your job. You might be making some changes to change jobs, change correct directions, open a business, which means now you have to be a little tighter with your money because you have something you're saving towards, working towards. It used to be when your friends called and say, hey, let's go do this. You could always say, sure. But now you're at a different season. You're in school now. You're working on the business. Maybe you have a family, whatever. You can't just say sure all the time because you've got different things to do your behavior is different you have to change for the season that you're in sometimes people don't understand it your friend who's still single and now you're married and now you have kids or, or now maybe you've been i'll give you two examples you're married now with kids your friend is the same age but not married they may not always be sensitive to the fact that you just can't up and go like always he might want to go to the football game out of town, got these great tickets. In the old days, you would go get a hotel, stay the next day, maybe two days, hang out in that town or whatever. But now you say, yeah, man, I can go, but we got to be back in the morning the next day because my kid has such and such and such and such and such and such. So you have to change it. And friends have to understand that, that you're not in the season that you were before. The season that you're in changes. Sometimes uh, 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 I want to give you a professional example, too. When you're in a work situation, when you're entry level or don't have a lot of experience or status, 
you don't have a lot of responsibility compared to the people above you. And I want you to understand something too. I've been in, you know, I've been a teacher and I've been in somewhat of a supervisory role. I want to encourage you all, let, let's not judge people who have a different role at the job or church or, or the apartment complex or the city. Let's not be quite so quick to judge them. You know why? Sometimes they have responsibilities that we don't have. Now, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're always right. They can definitely be wrong. But it's so easy to sit back and judge someone who's wearing all these different hats that we don't wear. We only have to take care of ourselves. If they're a supervisory person, they have to take care of their area and, and they have responsibilities that go way beyond just one room or one office or one desk. They're juggling a lot more, so it's not fair for us to judge them on the same scale that we judge ourselves. I've been in work situations where someone will say, I don't like supervisor such and such. He walked past me today and didn't even say hi. That's pretty petty because you don't know if the reason why he walked past you without saying hi, his eyes might have been your way. He didn't even see you. He was thinking three problems ahead that you don't know anything about. And he just did not even realize you were there because he's thinking about some problems that are going to, if he solves them, they will benefit you. But at that moment, he didn't see you or process you to say hi. It's amazing how petty we can be sometimes to decide we hate someone for life, literally, because we think they walk past us without speaking one time. We don't know what was on their head, what they were dealing with supervisory-wise or in their own lives. That's why the Bible tells us one of the things we're supposed to do is to love mercy. That's giving people a break, being merciful towards people. And I'll give you a, 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 a cheat here. If you extend mercy to other people, more mercy comes back to you. So if someone on the job does something that you thought was not nice or the supervisor you didn't think was nice or whatever, don't start bad-mouthing them. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Say, well, hey, maybe they were having a bad day or whatever. Instead of backstabbing, one of the things that the Bible says God hates in, in Proverbs is a tail bearer in other words like a tattletale a backstabber who can't wait to run and tell stuff about someone else and it didn't say a liar which means you could be saying something that's true but God hates that because you are going behind their back trying to tear them down so my point is you might be in a season where you don't have as much responsibility don't judge the person who's got a lot more to carry than you amen Let's go back, come on, to our scripture again. Proverbs 3, verse 1. I'm looking at it here on my phone, so let me scroll back. I think I prefer paper more than this. All right, it says, To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. And I want you to look and see that sometimes your behaviors will be very different. Look at chapter, uh, verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. Those behaviors are almost totally different. And they are totally different. Actually, they are opposites. To kill versus to heal. Now, that's the Old Testament. This is New Testament. Now, we don't go murdering and stuff. Kill it. Uh, it's, it's an example. To break down and build up. They're opposites. 
the way you need to change for a new season of your life might be very different, almost opposite of how you operated in the past. I'm gonna give you an example. People might know you as the silly one, the one that's always cutting up, giggling, he he can never be serious. And maybe for a season of your life, that was just fine. But now you're in a season where you don't need to throw that away. You don't need to, to stop being able to laugh, but maybe you need to be a little bit more structured now because of things you're going dealing with. It can go the other way too. You could have been that person who was always so serious. I need to help you. Just like it's the Joker said in those Batman movies, why so serious? Now I know he had a different reason, but I wanna tell you, some of you are too darn serious and you've been serious a long time. And then when other people would say stuff to you, you thought you were more spiritual because you were serious. But the Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. So your cousin that you don't think knows many Bible scriptures, but he knows how to laugh. He might have been being more spiritual than you all this time, because with all your scriptures, you still walk around like a prune. You need to, in this season, loosen up, learn to laugh that's what you might need in this season and it's probably something you should have been doing in seasons past sometimes we have a serious outlook because we dealt with something way way back and we have made certain vows on the inside to be serious like they're never gonna get me again like they got me then and our way to deal with it is to be too serious I'm gonna tell you that laughing is an act of faith. When you stay serious all the time, it's like you're acting like I'm God and I've gotta be in control of the world and my emotions at all times. When you learn to laugh, you learn to trust. You say, listen, I can't, I can't manage the world. I am not the Lord. I am going to laugh and I'm going to trust God to fill in. The Bible tells me to trust in the Lord all my heart. I'm going to trust him to handle stuff that I can't handle. And I'm going to give myself the chance to laugh in this season. It's really for some of you that changes over overdue to calm down, breathe and let go. Let go. Stop trying to be God. You can't know enough, you can't pray enough, you can't see in the spirit enough to see everything. You're gonna have to trust God with the things you don't know. Okay? If the Bible says the Lord Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back, he said he didn't even know. He said the Father knew, not him. And he's the son of God, king of kings. One of his names is the mighty God. So if Jesus didn't even have everything, sometimes things restrained from him, that means you and I surely do not know everything. So some of us are just too darn deep. You're too deep. Breathe and understand that something that I'm just not gonna know in this season and every season. Let me trust God. I, listen, God, I, and this is a common theme I share all the time. You don't know everything. You won't know everything. Some things in life will surprise you in this season. And this is, this one goes for every season. Breathe and trust God to handle things that you can't explain, that you can't know, because you cannot know it all. Amen. Um, let me show you something. Let's go to the book of John in the New Testament. 
I want to give you an example of how seasons in life change. I believe that's where I want to go. Come on, let's go to John. I thought about this example before we started. My last example, I think. John chapter 2. Yes. John chapter 2 and verse 1. We're talking about seasons. Sometimes people around you can sense that your season is changing sometimes when you don't. This is John 2 verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus, who was Mary, was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they don't have any wine. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. And Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Five, his mother said to this unto his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Six, and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. So these were some big water pots. Seven. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. In other words, he said, take this to the governor, the person who's running this big wedding. Nine. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, which was now made to wine, and knew not whence it was or where it came from, but the servants withdrew, they knew. The governor of the feast called the groom, bridegroom and said to him, every man at the beginning sets forth the good wine. And when the men have well drunk, then he puts out what's the worst wine. But you've kept the good wine until now. All right, so this is a miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. This is the last example I want to give. He was at the wedding. His mother, Mary, said, hey, they need wine and you need to, you need to do something. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus said, though, in verse mm, four, he said, my hour or my season or my time has not yet come. He was saying, yes, I'm the son of God. Yes, I have a great calling. Yes, I have miraculous things I'm, I'm going to be doing, but it's not time yet. Jesus was saying, it's not time yet for me to do this. But Mary, who was his mother, of course, and had had at least one encounter with God when he, when the angel appeared to him, to her in the first place, she knew that the time for Jesus to start doing the miraculous was now. The Lord Jesus starts off by saying, it's not my hour. Yet Mary says, it's time for you to do your thing. Though Jesus said it's not. This shows us that God can use people outside of us to recognize, hey, maybe you should be doing such and such. That's when the person says to you, did you ever think about writing a book? And they don't know that you've been thinking about writing a book for years. You've got to play with the idea. You never got started. And they are sensing it. God can speak through other people to you about what you should be doing because they sense the season when you don't know. You don't realize it's time to move. It's time to move to another city. It's time to pursue that other job. It's time to make a move in ministry. Such and such. 
He can speak to you through other people. Let's not be arrogant and think God can only talk to me through a couple of people. My wife, my good friend I pray with, my pastor, and that's all. That's not all. He can use other people. Now, you should not make a big life choice off of just what one person says. You don't get up and move town because one person says, hey, I see you living in Indiana. That's foolishness. The Bible talks about a safety in a number of counselors. We talked about that Sunday, right? It talks about how he confirms his word multiple times. So don't just go off of one thing. But the point is God can start talking to you through other people. Again, Jesus said, hey, it's not time yet for me to do anything. And Mary said, go ahead and do it. Mary was recognizing, come on, it's time, it's time, it's time. When the Lord Jesus had said, it's not my time, he obeyed her and the miracles continued on from there. All right. She was an outside person talking to the Lord Jesus. Let alone God can use other people who recognize it's a, a season change for you. They don't have to come with deep spiritual words and says, hey, I prophetically see in the spirit. That No, it doesn't have to be deep like that. It can still be God, but it can be in a very simple thing. Your administrator, your boss out of the blue, who you didn't even think knows your name, comes to you and says, hey, you know, management trainee programmers got these free courses if you want to check them out just to see and they don't know that you've been thinking and praying about your direction in life they have no idea out of the blue they come that can be a step of God speaking to you because your season is changing I want you to know now in a new season you might have been a person I get example all the time you say well I'm just a low-key person you know I I'm jeans and flip-flops and I'm not a suit and tie guy you might be you might be a suit and tie guy. You've never done it. You've never tried it. You may not know. But if you get quiet, there are some things buried deep inside of you that you've never told people and that you barely say to yourself that you really have harbored in your heart for years. And maybe this new season is a chance to do, do it. It might look new to other people, but really it's been in you forever. You just never had the opportunity or you never admitted it was there. Whatever it is, it could be a talent. It could be a ministry calling. It could be a, a way to work. It could be a hobby. They said she's 60 years old and she's surfing. What is she doing? Cause they don't know you wanted to do that since you were seven but you didn't have a chance when you were little. And then in your 20s, you felt awkward about doing it. And in your 30s, you had kids. And then in your 40s, you got self-conscious about your weight. But somewhere in your late 50s, you got to the I don't cares. And now the person in you from seven is finally stepping out. And it's not really <laughs> new. Seasons change. We have to fight what I call the behavioral inertia. That's the unwillingness to change and move and know that there are seasons seasons end friendships sometimes end ways of connecting and you used to see certain people all the time but now in this new season they're still your friend but you don't see them as much change there's, there's change be open this isn't saying that everyone listening to me needs to do something drastic tomorrow but be open that the way you've always been may not be the way you're going to be going forward if you listen. I encourage you to look at John chapter 2 again, where you see that the Lord Jesus had to be told by his mom, hey, 
All right, it's time to kick this ministry thing off now. Come on, it's time. Let's go. Okay, look at it and see. Well, amen. So we were talking about season changes. Um, Be open. Again, our initial scriptures is Ecclesiastes 3, 1. There's a, yeah, I think we should go back and look at that verse one more time before we, before we shut it down today. So let me scroll back on my device here. Trying to be all 21st century. All right. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just bringing the word. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the right people hearing this and ministering to their hearts powerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for joining us. This is so this was our Rivers in the Desert broadcast. And we also use this as our Wednesday night Bible study for Life Community Church here in Ormond Beach, Florida. I'm Pastor Lawrence Temple and Co-Pastor Cassandra also is here. Uh, you all have a great evening. And we will be broadcasting on our Facebook page, as we always do, this coming Sunday at 11. It's part two of our series about the Working On Me series. And a reminder that the things we go through in life, they're not always the devil. (laughs) Not always. Sometimes it's us. All right. You guys have a great evening. Talk to you soon.